We're going to look today at the third statement that the Lord Jesus uttered from the cross. In John chapter 19, it says this, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. It's interesting to see that there were four women standing beneath the cross of Jesus and one of the disciples. Never think for one moment that God makes a distinction as far as his love is concerned and his purposes between men and women. They just simply have a different role in life according to his creational plan. And how lovely it is to think that there are four women here when the disciples, Judas of course, had betrayed the Lord, Peter had denied the Lord, and the scripture says the rest of the disciples were terrified in the Garden of Gethsemane and they fled. But here's John. He calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's not that the Lord Jesus loved John any more than he loved the rest. It was that John appreciated the love of Christ for him and responded to it. And he often refers to himself in that fashion, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And what I would say to you, fellow believer, this morning is that the more you you respond, the more I respond to the love of Christ for me, the more I appreciate his love for me personally. But anyway, here is this scene. And it's interesting to think about those that were absent. We thought yesterday of what it takes, we do not know, to bring a person to Christ to make a person a Christian. And I want to speak particularly to you believers this morning, you parents who have brought up children and some of them perhaps have never come to know the Lord Jesus, never become Christians. And you probably beat yourself up, as so often I do, about the mistakes and the failures of life and how we perhaps have stumbled and hindered our children by one thing or another. But there was never a home like that home in Nazareth where Mary and Joseph were people of faith, people who actually had a direct revelation from God. But even more so, that home was a home where the at least six other children lived, 
half-brothers and half-sisters of the Lord Jesus, because, of course, as we know, Joseph was not the biological father of the, the Saviour. He was the son of God. But there were six other children, at least. Four brothers are named, and there were sisters, so more two at least. And amongst those children was the Lord Jesus, and there could never have been a more perfect and absolute uh, spectacle of perfection as he. And yet, the Bible says in John chapter 7, that his brothers believed not on him. And the very fact that none of that family were there, apart from Mary, beneath the cross of Jesus, when our Saviour died. It's true, of course, that at least two of the brothers became Christians because they became writers of New Testament books. James and Jude. What it was that brought them to Christ, what it was that caused them to believe on him and to become followers of his, we don't exactly know, but perhaps it was the resurrection. But I want to say to you, believers, Christian parents this morning, God moves in ways that we do not understand. That's not to say that we don't have a responsibility as to how we behave before our children. Teaching them the word of God. Because the scripture teaches us this, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But we also learn in John chapter 3 that a person being born again is born of water and of the Spirit. The water being the Word of God, but also that work of regeneration, that work of new life, that work of new birth is a work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Using the seed of the Word of God to bring new life, salvation and eternal blessing. We have a responsibility to teach our children the word of God. We have a responsibility to be consistent in our life and testimony for him in our home. But we cannot save one of our children and we cannot save any other person. All we can do is just simply seek them with the word of God and with the teaching and the blessed message of the gospel. But I want us to think about these words that the Saviour spoke. He said, Woman, behold thy son. And he said to John, the disciple, he said, Behold thy mother. And isn't that beautiful to think of the love of the heart of the Saviour? The darkness was just about to fall. It was just, the, I take it, it was just prior to the moment when the sun refused to shine, when the, the whole scene would be enveloped in darkness for three hours. And we'll think about that perhaps next time. And the horrors of that darkness, 
the Lord Jesus wanted his mother to be taken by John away from that scene and taken into his care. And what a beautiful thing it is as we think of those expressions, Behold thy son, and behold thy mother. I wonder if you're listening, dear Christian, this morning, dwelling as we do beneath the cross of Jesus in that spiritual sense. Are we listening for his word? Is there someone, is there something that he would have us to do? Is there someone that we should be caring for? I know that there are hundreds, thousands, but there are particular ones in our, within our reach that we can help, that we, we can be a support to. Particularly at the moment, there are, there are people who are sick and sad and lonely and desperately in need. We may not be able to go to their door perhaps because of the pandemic, but we've got a telephone, we've got an internet, We've got means of communication. By the grace of God, may each one of us, as the Lord's people today, reach out. May may we hear the word of our Saviour from the cross, so to say. Of course, he's not on the cross. He's in heaven. But as we dwell in that place, and as we think of what he did for us, what can we do for him? He's gone to heaven. And we are, so to say, his hands and feet. We are to express his heart in, in meeting the needs of his dear people and indeed all those around us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not only brotherly love in the sense of Christian love for one another, but the capstone of it all in Second Peter chapter 1 is this, love in its total embrace. So may these words touch our hearts this morning. Woman, behold thy son. And to John, behold thy mother. God bless you.